Savage. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawk wins. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Welcome to a new episode of Cloud Gate Sports. Not as much news as usual to talk about, which is a good thing for us at Cloud Gate, meaning that we'll have a quicker episode than usual, so you guys will have an easier listen. Uh, the Bears did win last week, so that kind of, they're pulling us back in. They are definitely pulling us back in, and we're ready to get our hearts broken again. PT, Pat, boys, how are we feeling? Feeling good. Another week living, almost out of 2020. I think we're all looking forward to that. So yes. keep on pushing, people. Keep on pushing. 2020 is definitely giving us a run for our money. They're pushing us all the way to the fucking end of the year. So, But, I mean, hey, PT said, a couple weeks left, and we're in a new year, new beginnings. Definitely. Well, we're not going to waste your time. Let's hop right into the Bears. PT, take it away. The Chicago Bears went in pretty easy fashion against the Houston Texans, 36-7 on Sunday. Um, boys, how are we feeling? Just quick, general, good, bad, pulled back in. What are we feeling real quick? You know what? After losing all those games in a row, it was nice. I felt good Monday knowing that we won a game pretty handily. Um, but from the direction that I was going in last podcast, I'm going to stick with it in that I'm not going to get my hopes up because I don't want to get crushed. But then again, there's always that little chance that there always seems to be with Chicago sports. We have it with the Bears every year, basically. The Blackhawks, we got our minds thinking about playoffs, and this year is just no different. So we'll see about this week. Like a lot of people are saying, this is a playoff game. If we lose this game, we have a 0% chance. If we win, it's, we go on to the next one. So, fuck it. Let, let's see what we can do this week. I'm going to stick with my original statement. I, Regardless of what happens, whether we make the playoffs or we don't, we need to blow shit up. We need to get rid of Pace. We need to get rid of Nagy. We need to get rid of Mitch. We need to really revamp things. That being said, I'm fully back in on this team and ready for my heart to be broken. Um, as Brandon said, it's, it's a playoff game this week against the Vikings. Winner go home. Um, the Cardinals don't, so the, as of right now, the Vikings hold the tiebreaker. If the Bears win, we take that. And the Cardinals don't have an easy schedule the rest of the season. Um, so it's definitely possible in the way Mitch looked, the way the offense looked, the way the defense looked. They, it, it's very possible for us to make a run for it. Um, but I'm ready for my heart to be broken. And, uh, they look good. Mitch looked good. The offensive line looked very good. Ever since we kind of moved Whitehair to guard and brought in that new center, I'm blanking on his name. They've definitely revamped. We had a running game these past couple weeks. Granted, the Vikings suck, I know, or the the Texans suck, I know, but 
I'm ready for my heart to be broken, but I'm ready to see what this team does. 100%. Uh, I'll just touch on a couple um, positives. Al Robertson surpassed 1,000 yards this season, um, which you know is kind of incredible because of the quarterback changes. Um, and a lot of people are kind of criticizing his effort throughout the year. I definitely think that he had a much better game this week, and he was definitely on a whole different page with Mitch. Uh, there was even a clip on social media where him and Mitch were having a moment on the sideline, which is always good. Um, you know, where I am standing right now with this team, um, I'm much. I'm in a much better headspace right now. Um, we were the last two weeks we were talking about. We don't get to the point where people start asking for trades, and we get to that really bad moment where shit, our organization is in trouble. Um, I don't think we are as in much trouble as we were in the co- last couple of weeks um, due to this win. Although we did beat a very, very, very bad Texans team. Um, with that being said, uh, Mitch did look a lot better. Um, I, I, he's so streaky, it's unreal. Um, we'll see if, you, if if he'll be able to kind of carry that out the rest of the year. Um, David Montgomery, credit to the offensive line. They look good all game. He had his long first play run, 80 yards. That looked great. It's always a good feeling, too, because I remember back in the day when we used to watch Forte run over everybody. And it was just such a good feeling to have a run game. Um, and that's kind of been a missing piece and a big struggle for the Bears offense recently. Uh, and then everyone was just everyone was contrib- contributing. Um, you know, I think our defense still kind of hasn't been playing to their best. Cleo Mack is playing out of his mind, even if you guys don't, if you guys disagree. Um, I think he's playing out of his mind. He has Robert Quinn shitting the bed over on the other side, and he's got to do all the work. Even though he might not play, he's still creating space now, especially with Akeem Hicks back in there, too. It was going to be a huge help. Um, I really don't have anything else on the Texans game. Uh, we'll closely to the uh, Vikings game now. I think it's very winnable, especially with Hicks back in the game. You stop Alvin Cook, you beat the Vikings. That's all it is, basically. Um, you can you can uh, you can afford um, a Thielen or touchdown or two, uh, but you cannot have Dalvin Cook run down your throat like they kind of did, and that's what they how they beat us after Akeem Hicks was out. So I think I saw somewhere um, if they went out three games. 89% chance to make the playoffs. It was like around 50 if they win two. If they win two out of the last three, um, they got to have some stuff fall down in their place, like we said, with the Cardinals and Vikings. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, I'm still kind of sitting here just saying I think the season's over. Unfortunately, I hope they prove me wrong. We go to the playoffs, and I'll be all the way back in, and it'll be playoff PT with the Chicago Bears. That's all I really got for this week with the Bears. You guys can kind of touch on the stuff you guys want to touch on. Um, but, you know, I am excited for next week because it is, like you said, Mahoney, a playoff game. Yeah, this team just dies and then rises. It just rises on us. It happens every year. Uh, but you did say it, PT. The Texans are very bad. So, we'll see. We did lose to the Vikings. If we win this next week, my brain's going to start going a little bit more. I'm still even keeled right now on the playoffs but if we do win this weekend oh the motor's gonna get going and my mind's gonna start thinking of all the possibilities so let's win this week and go from there regardless of what happens on sunday i'm just happy that we're playing for a game that actually matters like this is the best time of the year when you got a football team that's in a win or go home situation uh, like this game this weekend, or even with the White Sox or with the Hawks, with the Bulls. Anytime they have a meaningful game towards the back end of the season, you know they got to win. You're glued to the TV. You're locked in. It's always a fun environment to watch in. Uh, that being said, I PT said it's a very winnable game. 
especially with Hicks in the lineup. However, there are a couple question marks in the defense right now. I know Khalil Mack is listed as questionable. Um, really, for me, I, I don't have an issue with uh, stopping the run if Hicks is in. And I'm not surprised. I'll tell you this: I'm I'm not surprised that the Bears had the best defensive game of the year alongside Mitch having his best game of his year. I mean, it's the Bears had what, over five sacks. Us, uh, two fumble recoveries, one of them a strip sack. I mean, they look in a safety too. Like the defense looks so much better because the offense is able to stay out there and give them a break. I'm not surprised it happened, and I think that can carry over to this game where if we can get if we can get on the field and get a long drive, score some points, it will let the defense recoup. Stopping that Dalvin Cook is not going to be the issue for me. It's going to be the wire receivers. Adam Thielen's having a hell of a year. Potential rookie of the year, Justin Jefferson, having a hell of a fucking year for. Uh, the Vikings, a huge asset they brought over in the uh, Stefan Diggs trade. That's a huge weapon for them right now. The secondary has been my shaky point for the defense this year, and I think they're really going to have to step up and be able to shut down those weapons they have. You know, Kirk Cousins isn't in a primetime game anymore. You know, the Bears are playing with a chip on their shoulder, and I'm all for it. I'm ready. I'm be, I'll be glued into my TV on, on Sunday for sure. All right, boys, I got a question for you. We were very – all of us were pretty sure that we were ready to let the reins go, get rid of Pace, get rid of, get rid of Nagy. If we go to the playoffs, I don't see that happening. So are you willing to risk not going to the playoffs and getting rid of Nagy and Pace? Instead of going to the playoffs, get rid of Nagy and Pace. Well, um, unfortunately, I don't think it matters what happens. I think they have one more year secured, um, especially – if they decide to let go of Mitch, then they'll see what they can do with one with another quarterback that they will draft in next year's draft. Um, so unfortunately, I you know I think right now, and I think this is where we stood too last week. Um, yeah, it was great to see them beat the beat the Texans and kind of be in a better headspace now. Um, but we're now we're losing lower draft picks, you know. So I, th- I think that no matter what, Pace and Aggie's job is secured. Unfortunately. Yeah, I'm on the same boat there. If I felt like there was a legitimate chance of Nagy, Pace, and Ted Phillips getting canned after the season, I'd be like, let's lose out. I'll do anything for it. But I don't, knowing the McCaskies, I don't think they are going to do that this year, regardless of what happens. I've heard a couple of things on Twitter. Even if they lose these next three games, they lose out. I still think they have a job locked up. I really do. Um, and I'm pretty sure Nick Foles is under contract for another year, too, which is horrible. And with that being said, if I know we're, there's no shot of these those three top guys getting canned, fuck it, dude. Let's just go for the playoffs then. Like, I think that's kind of my mindset now is their, their job is safe regardless. If that's, if that's the case, then let's, let's give it all we got. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, it's it's going to be – because I, I, this is kind of not the direction we were thinking this whole team was going to go. We were kind of seeing, like, if they were going to put any effort in the game, and they just came out and molly whopped the fuck out of the Texans. And now everyone's kind of got their hopes up. Some people do. Some people don't. I know Ed Barcelletti's already out. He doesn't care anymore. He said, you guys can celebrate how you want. Be Chicago fans. Be Bears fans. Uh, but the season's over for him. So just keep that in mind. Um, and hopefully we can't get our hearts breaking. So just that would that would be brutal. <laughs> but I think that's what we got for the end of the Bears. They play Sunday, twelve o'clock on Fox. So if you guys are watching, this is a playoff game, first playoff game, folks. Be ready. Bear down, baby. Bear down. We're gonna be ready. We're gonna be watching. I hope Chicago is too. We're gonna be moving to baseball. 
where there has been some very unsettling news. Today, though, some positive. Sunday Night Baseball schedule was, was released. The White Sox and the Angels have the first Sunday Night Baseball game on April 4th. Definitely up in the air considering the news that came out from Uncle Rob. It seems as though Uncle Rob wants all players to get a vaccine before the season starts. And their family members. And their family members. And their family members. See, I didn't know that. So that just adds a whole other wrench into the Uncle Rob uh, just debacle that he's running. Uh, But I will give him some props, though. Uh, The Negro Leagues are now considered a professional baseball uh, league, which is awesome. There's even talks now of renaming the MVP, the Josh Gibson Award, which I think would be awesome for baseball. Also, there's now talks of the Pirates renaming their field, Josh Gibson Field at PNC Park. I think that would be awesome. Uh, Just really showing a great part of history in baseball with the Negro Leagues. Uh, We have great players like Satchel Paige, uh, Josh Gibson, I mean, just the names are just endless, and there are so many good players. So it is a great thing that this has been announced as a professional league, and will be shown that way. I'm going to love to see how the Hall of Fame approaches this as well. Definitely some good steps to be taken forward. Moving on, back to good old Uncle Rob and uh, the vaccine. This This is a big problem because not every player agrees with, uh, the vaccine has the same views as the if the vaccine will even work. I mean, it's just it's going to cause all these problems, and we might even see some big name players just be like, "Hey, if I have to take a vaccine, I'm just not even going to play. It's not worth it for me to get it or my family to get it." I I, I hope that they change their mind on the everybody getting the vaccine, including the family. Because the the season would just delay. And they've already said that they're looking for the earliest of May start, which is kind of weird considering that they just announced the Sunday Night Baseball schedule and it comes out the beginning of April. So how are you guys feeling about this baseball news? It's interesting, you know. Um, obviously, there's different views on the vaccine and who wants to take it and who doesn't. Um, I think they were kind of in the wrong direction of this whole thing. Um, I think that they could have gone in the direction of saying, hey, it's recommend- highly recommended that you guys take it. Um, if not, you're going to have to take some other precautions um, and different ways like that with COVID testing and different stuff like that. So I think, and, and it's also very weird with families too, you know, like for example, our, our old friend James McCann, he's got two young twins. Everyone's, most of these players have young kids too. So it's very, it's very controversial right now, um, and I'm on the same page. I hope it gets figured out because I want to watch some White Sox baseball. I really do. Yeah, I feel like you're going to see a lot of we. I mean, the NHL is going to be in the same boat soon in terms of this. Um, for me, you know, I you, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. If you don't want to take it, you don't have to take it. You know, and I, and I completely understand that. I support that. And the issue that I think the MLB is not recognizing yet, but I do think they will, is that if you look at guys like Mike Trout, you know, he don't want to play because he don't want the vaccine. He has the right to do that. And the league, I would assume it's illegal that the league cannot force you to get a vaccine. However, the idea of like, hey, you can't play unless you get one. 
I've, I've had, I feel that there's going to be a handful of players that do opt out and that uncle Rob's got a fat lawsuit coming towards him. I, I feel like there's going to be some legal issues with that. And if Brandon's right, if that comes to, if that comes to fruition, then it's going to be a delayed season and you're going to look at another, you know, 140 game season, 110 game season, a 60 game season at worst, you know, it's, it's, it's not looking good. And I can't say much because I feel like the NHL is going to be in a very similar boat in the upcoming weeks. Yes, it it just seems like these leagues just cannot get out of their own way. We saw it with uh, hockey last year when they could have been the only sport that was on and they could have gained a bunch of fans. Now we're seeing where seasons are getting shortened up still. The NBA has done a great job with that. Uh, I mean, what, they're starting in four days, which I know we are very excited for. And the buzz around Chicago with the Bulls is also great. We'll get to the Bulls in a little bit, but... I hope this all does get figured out because, uh, you know what, this is going to hold up on free agency too. Free agency is going to start going even slower if players know that the season is, isn't going to start till May. And, I mean, we don't want another Machado-Harper situation where we're in spring training and the two biggest players aren't even signed yet. So let's hope they figure it out. Let's hope Uncle Rob puts his hard head on and gets to work and figures it all out. Some news on signing and trades. Uh, Signing-wise, it seems like the White Sox are still in the lead for Liam Hendricks. Uh, The Cubs did sign Jonathan Holder. We'll see about what Jonathan Holder will do with the Cubs, considering his 6.18 ERA in 2019 and his 5.0 ERA last year during the shortened season. Uh, I think they're looking to get the old Jonathan Holder, who had a 3.3 and a 3.1 in 2018 and 2017. So let's hope the old Jonathan Holder comes back. Could be a sneaky good signing for the Cubs with their solid bullpen that they did have last year. Do you boys have anything else baseball related? All good? All right, we got some big news to talk about with the Blackhawks. I know Pat's itching to talk about it. So Pat, take it away, buddy. Yeah, so NHL has been very quiet lately, especially on the Blackhawks front ever since uh, draft day and we get made get, we lost Corey Crawford and stuff like that. And the NHL, or not the NHL, the Blackhawks dropped a pretty big bombshell in the past couple days in regards to some front office moves. So once uh, McDonough was fired, Danny Wirtz stepped in to take that interim position and was in charge of looking at finding a new president of hockey ops and potentially a new GM, depending where things were going to go. And I said from the very beginning that I did not think the Hawks were going to go external uh, in terms of searching for a president of Hockey Ops. I obviously was expecting Danny Wirtz to take that position. Uh, if you've listened to Danny Wirtz speak, he's a very likable guy. Uh, he seems like his head's in the right spot. He seems like he's very knowledgeable about the topic or about hockey in general. So I was super stoked to have him kind of leading the charge on this. And then I, I really lost that respect pretty quickly when the news broke the other day that Danny Wirtz is now stepping in as the CEO of the Blackhawks, then promoting Stan Bowman to the president of hockey operations, so John McDonough's former or older position. Stan Bowman is also retaining his title as the acting general manager as well as being the president of hockey ops. And then Danny Wirtz did make a move in order to have a business or a president of business operations was Jamie Faulkner. I can't say anything. I don't know anything about Jamie Faulkner, so I, I can't you know add much there. But basically, the way I'm seeing it is look at look at the Blackhawks organization as two pillars. 
You have uh, your left pillar, which is going to be Jamie Faulkner in business operations. Your right pillar is going to be Stan Bowman and president of Hockey Ops. And they're both they're going to report to uh, Danny Wirtz at the top. Now, when I heard this, I didn't like it, obviously. But my saving grace was that Danny is still kind of at the top. And I, if you listen to Danny speak before, you listen to interviews, podcasts, he's a very likable guy. So I'm like, maybe this isn't going to suck that much. That quickly lost with a couple of, uh, uh, I lost that pretty quickly once a couple tweets re- uh, came out regarding the the move, the, uh, the upgrade to President of Hockey Ops for Sam Bowman. So this was Danny Wirtz's uh, direct quote, and it is from Charlie Romeliotis, who is a reporter for NBCSN. It says, Danny Wirtz said there was never a consideration on bringing in a new GM after elevating Sam Bowman to President of Hockey Ops. This is now... If the Hawks would have made this move, they uh, they they promote stand up hockey ops pres, and they would have brought in a young GM who's an upcoming person, upcoming executive. I wouldn't hate it. I really wouldn't. But that's not the case. Now, this is the part of the quote that scares me the most in our upcoming future. If the organization wanted to in the future, and when I say that, if they wanted to add a new GM in the future, if Stan wanted to let go of GM to stick to president of hockey ops, that's a decision that Stan Bowman would make. That's where I'm scared. Stan Bowman's locked up for three more years with Blackhawks. So he has three years of having the opportunity to potentially rebuild this team in the way that he's said he's going to, or to ruin the Hawks organization for the past, you know, 20 years or 10 years, I'll say. Ah, fuck it. Yeah, no, 10 years. So we'll do 10 years of us being a legitimate hockey organization. So it's going to be an interesting time. I, you know, I, I, I want to be positive about it, man. I, I just don't know what, what it's going to look like. What do you guys have on this? Pat, is this common? Like, I don't know if I've ever heard of this happen before. I can't say that I have heard of it, but granted, my knowledge outside of the Hawks in terms of who's president of Hockey Ops and GM, uh-huh. I can't say that. However, I feel like the idea of having a president of Business Ops and a president of Hockey Ops is becoming more mainstream. Hopefully the Bears, knock, knock you follow in and fucking do this too and have two different people running organizations and also fire Ted Phillips. Anyways, um, I can't say that having a president of hockey ops and a GM is similar or is common in the NHL, but it is common in the NFL. Uh, Bruce Arians, the dude who the, the old Texans head coach, he was a GM as well as a head coach. Um, so I feel in other, in other leagues it is, but for hockey, I can't say I, I'm not too knowledgeable on that. Okay. Uh, but my thoughts are, not good. I, I just don't see how I, I was okay with Stan Bowman getting the uh promotion, but when I saw that he was retaining his GM status, I, I it's just so bad. It's it's so bad. I don't the way that Stan has just absolutely destroyed this team in the past five years has to be a record how quickly he just absolutely put this team down the shitter. I'm not looking forward to the next three years, understand and what he's going to do. Like, just like you said, Pat, I would have been so happy if we would have just gave a young GM a shot, maybe strike gold. I don't know, but Stan Bowman still having the reins and now being promoted on top of that. I just don't like the direction that this team is going in right now. In this next three years, I'm just going to strap in. I'm still going to watch. I'm obviously still going to watch. But I'm going to strap in and just get ready for the bumps. 
Yeah, there, there's literally a million things going through my head right now. Um, and you guys covered a good majority of it. Um, the biggest concern that I had is, so Barstool Chief had an interview with Stan Bowman. Um, and Stan was all about, I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent. I'm going to tell you all the truth. And he lied straight to Barstool Chief's face. Within uh, the Barstool, first, what, two minutes? Correct, yeah. So Barstool Chief's first question was, are you going to be getting a promotion? And he said, no. And look what happens. It's just, it's just classic. Like, it, I feel like in the past, like, half a year, this has just, like, become our thing. It's a classic Chicago sports move. We never, Chicago fans never understand what's going on. We never understand, we, we never kind of, there's no transparency. We think something's going to happen and something completely different happens. It, it, it's just, it's so sad and, like, disheartening. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It, it sucks to be a Chicago sports fan. It honestly does. When you, when you're a, when you're a major sports market and you look at what New York and LA is doing, and then you have Chicago where you have no idea what your teams are doing. It, it, it's sad. Um, and you know, I don't know what the Hawks are doing. I have no idea. We thought that this whole new move, the future and the younger players is what they were gunning for. And now it's like returning the clock back to 10 years, you know? It sucks. It fucking sucks, man. It sucks. I mean, imagine this. Imagine not winning a playoff. What we'll scrap the bubble from from this year, beating uh, Edmonton. Imagine not really doing anything, having a successful season since the last Cup, 2015. And then you're still with the team five, six years later. On top of that, you get a promotion. Like it, it, that's the part that's hard to fat to understand. And my only saving grace is that it, I, I have, I still have trust in Danny Wirtz. And that's going to be my, my one small glimmer of hope to hold on to is Danny Wirtz holding, you know, holding down the fort. Chief did make a good point in this week's out, or episode of Redline Radio that, you know, if they were to fire Stan Bowman, he's on his way out. They still owe him money for his contract. You, if Bowman's out, that means a lot of his, his yes men in the front office are also going to be out. That's a lot of payouts of money. You're probably looking at 15, 20, 25 million worth of payouts if you fire that. If you start fire Stan and those other guys walk, 15, 20 grand, 15 to 20 million, that's a shit ton of money in hockey. And you're not getting money with everything that's going on with COVID. So you're even exactly. losing even more money. Exactly. So maybe that's just kind of like a, a move that that Danny or Rocky talked about, like, listen, I understand this, but for right now, financially, we can't do this. And, and that makes sense too. Do I think that's the real reason why not fully? I do think some people actually believe in Stan Bowman in that front office. Um, but I I mean, we'll just have to see, man. We'll have to see. I hope, hopefully Stan or Danny does a whole, a new, uh, media circuit. Hopefully one of those guys gets on the podcast. I can listen to and hear him talk about it. Because, again, I just want to hear the thought process behind this. I, w- I would love to hear Danny Ward speak and, and hear his thought process on why Stan got his promotion, having not done anything super successful for this program since, really, since the last Stanley Cup. Changing gears, we've had some some issues arise in the NHL regarding a couple teams and their team names. Uh, so, in recent news, the Cleveland Indians did announce they were going to change their name. They're going to drop the Indians from their name. And a lot of them are expecting to go back to the Cleveland Spiders, which is a I don't know too much about this. Is this an older yeah, team they, name? Yeah, this is that ago? was their team name before the Indians. 
Gotcha. So that's what they're expecting to go back to. And once the Indians made that change, and they've slowly been phasing out that, I mean, they got rid of their old mascot and stuff like that. The attention kind of turned in the NHL in terms of the Blackhawks. And now, you know, the Blackhawks did make a statement earlier on in this year that they weren't going to change their name and that they were taking the necessary, necessary steps to uh, grow a relationship with those communities that potentially are offended by names like this. And it seems like the NHL has done a great job at building a, uh, building a good support system and a good connection with these communities, while also taking the necessary steps to learn more about these communities and learn more how to respect those communities. That being said, uh, Danny Wirtz did come out and say, I respect the decision the Cleveland Indians made, but we continue to uh, deepen our commitment to upholding our namesake and our brand. So it doesn't look like the Hawks are going to be changing their names. However, they did make a couple different, couple moves in the stadium in terms of banning headdresses to kind of uh, take a step back and be more respectful of those communities. That being said, the Canucks are also under fire for their team name. I've been able to follow up too much about why that is. I don't know the meaning behind it, to be honest with you. Um, I know the the article originally broke as a TMZ article, which is also like you, you can't really believe that stuff too much. But apparently it's under fire. I don't know if the, if the Canucks have made any official statements about it. Um, but that is news. But it looks like the Blackhawks will be staying as the Blackhawks for the foreseeable future. And so right now they're still aiming for that um, <clears throat> mid-January start, aiming around January 14th, 15th, 16th to kind of get the season going. Will that happen? We don't know. Uh, we still have to work with the CBA in terms of the players and see how the best way of going about it is. And that the conferences we went over in last week's episode still have not been finalized. Do you guys have anything about the name change? I, um, I, you know, there has been questions flowing around, especially since the Indians changed their name. Um, and everyone's asking, do you think the Blackhawks will change? And I was like, I I think they already issued a statement that there were there was going to be no change and that they thought that I mean I really didn't look too deep into their statement but I thought the whole kind of full statement was that they weren't going to change their name. Um, you know, I think what the whole Blackhawks organization is is representing a certain tribe, um, and actually specifically, Chief Blackhawk um, is originally from where I'm from, Rock Island, Illinois. He's bar- there's, he's rumored to be buried under my high school, which is like crazy. Um, but it's just, I feel like it's, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't like to get into all this stuff. Um, but I really don't see really anything wrong with the Blackhawks name. And, uh, and I think the Indians did a really good job too of integrating, um, away from the Wahoo, um, and changing it to the sea. And then now obviously they're changing their name. Um, but the Canucks too, I really don't, I, I don't see anything with that either. Um, but I guess it's just something we, it's, it's 2020, I guess we have to deal with it, you know? So if people feel like it's offending them, you get, you gotta look into it, you know? So I guess that's what we just gotta look into. Yeah. And I think the Hawks are, like I said, the Hawks are very respectful about this. They're taking the necessary steps to address this. Um, so I don't think there's any, you know, overall, they're, they're not trying to be disrespectful in that aspect. So I think the Hawks are in a good, a good spot and they're, they're, they're looking at it in a good light you know, in a good heart. So let's hop into the Bulls. Preseason's been doing pretty well. Uh, it's been fun to watch, man. I've, I've sat down and watched all three preseason games, and it's been a blast. They played the Rockets game one. They did lose 125 to 104. That being said, hey, the Bulls did score 104 points. Now, the Rockets aren't the best defensive team, but, um, you know, it was the first game. They didn't really look hot. They were surely struggling on defense, and I have a feeling this is going to be the the, the reoccurring theme in our in the full season series is, is struggling on defense, especially transition defense. Um, 
But they quickly answered two days later. They played game two against the Rockets, and the Bulls won 104-91. to And they looked substantially better in this game. Colby White finished with 20 points, three boards, five assists. Zach Levine, 23 points, nine boards, five assists. They looked very good, especially, I think, our biggest asset in terms of being an offensive threat as a team this year is going to be our transition offense. Between having Colby White and Zach Levine and having Wendell and Lori to do uh, very big guys. I mean, I think they're both north of seven feet, but they're more on the, the, the thinner side. They're quicker. That's a very good transition offense to build around. And Patrick Williams is also working in the mix. Otto Porter's working in the mix. They looked a hundred times better in game two against the Rockets than they did in game one. Game three against the Thunder. Bulls won 124 to 103, and these guys, the Bulls were just hitting every shot they put up. They looked very good defensively. They really began to take an understanding of what they went wrong in, in the Rockets game. Kobe White finished with 27, 5, and 3. Zach Levine, 24, 3, and 5. And our boy, the rookie, Patrick Williams, finished with 13 and 7. He's looking, I mean, Brandon, I don't know if you've seen his jump shot. He's just got a very fundamental, smooth jump shot. I've had a blast. I love, I've loved watching Patrick Williams so far. I think he fits with this team so well. And having such a good coach like Billy Donovan, I mean, just the development that we're going to see from Patrick Williams. I think a lot of people were expecting a little too much from him in his first preseason game. And I feel like that's happening a lot with these draft, like these early round draft picks. People are expecting a little too much. You also got to remember their college season ended way too soon. So that, and that puts up a whole nother wrench. They haven't played in what, since the early March end of February. February. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the first game action that they're probably seeing besides, I don't know, maybe five on five scrimmages with some other uh, NBA talent, but Patrick Williams is definitely, he looks like he's getting more comfortable. I love his shot. Like you said, very fundamental. I love how he's playing on defense. This team just looks like it has a whole new life to them. And I think Billy Donovan is really, really putting that into perspective for us. I, I don't know if you saw him talk after the first game, but, I was just about to bring this up. Yeah, I I love what oh. he said because Jim Boylan never said some stupid shit. Yes. that would have made me hate the team. Go ahead, go ahead. Yes, he he was just flat out said we got our asses kicked. Boylan would have never said that. The these young guys and I think oh what team was it? Oh, it was with the White Sox. How Tony Larusa came in and they wanted more of a younger guy to kind of deal with the play. Oh no, no no, it was the Blackhawks with uh. Yeah, with firing Quinville and adding Kyle. Taylor. Yes, yes, that was the move. And I think that I get that move, but I still feel like you need more of a coach that is going to be more in your face and tell you the facts. And Billy Donovan is that guy. And I think he's just going to – he is a Chicago basketball coach, and I can see it already. He, he's It's a, been a perfect fit so far. And this team just looks a million times better than they did last year. I know it's preseason. But, shit, they look like they're getting their shit together. Yeah, and I, I, I completely agree. Jim Poylan would have never said that. Me, personally, as my time in an athlete, as an athlete in high school, I would much rather have loved a coach that would get in my face and scream rather than sit back and say, 
and like coddle me and not yeah. try not to hurt my feelings. I, I learned better that way, and I feel like that's what Billy Donovan's doing. Him, you know, I saw the tough first game, saw the post game presser, and when he said we got our ass kicked, I'm like, this is the right man to be running the ship right now with our team. And honestly, the Bulls, like I said, we don't have star talent that will grab your name that will grab your attention off paper we don't we have a bunch of mediocre guys that are looking to put pieces together and i'm going to tell you this if kobe white and zach levine can consistently average 20 points a game there's not a reason why the bulls cannot be in a playoff picture and this is a struggling eastern conference uh, obviously you have the nets which are were the, a joke of the eastern conference the past couple of years and are now going to be a serious threat in, in the eastern conference but, I mean, Colby White and Zach Levine, if they're averaging 20 points and force, looking into Warrior Marketing, something that I've been a hard, very big critic about, he's added weight. He's much more aggressive in driving the net and finishing at the net. And he's developing a three-point shot, which is huge for a stretch four like he is because he's not – he's tall, but he's not, he doesn't have the weight to back it up to be, you know, uh, a DeAndre Jordan or like a Boogie Cousins or, you know, a, a Clint Capella, something like that. So he had to learn how to develop a jump shot. And being able to have the option of doing a pick-and-pop with uh, Rory Markkinen, or he can drive the net two in a pick-and-roll, or having the pick-and-roll with Wendell Carter, the Bulls are becoming a very diverse team in terms of being able to shoot from the outside or being able to drive the net. Kobe White can shoot. Zach Levine can shoot. They can also are very aggressive in attacking the net. And they're beginning to develop a very good offense and being very diverse and opening up the floor and spreading the offense, which is awesome to see. And I, like I said, Patrick Williams, if he averages 13 and seven, if Colby and Zach are averaging 20 points a game, if you know, Lori's doing 15 and 10 and, and Wendell's doing 15 and 10, we have a solid starting five. Now this is where it gets interesting. Billy Donovan has come out and said that Patrick Williams has a very good chance of becoming a starter in opening day, which is uh, December 23rd for us against the Atlanta Hawks. If you're Otto Porter, and I, I, I'm very happy. I don't hate Otto Porter. I don't love him. If you're Otto Porter, that's a gut punch, man. Having a rookie 100%. come in and not play a game, didn't start in a Power 5 conference, hasn't played a game since February, and has come in and proved himself in three games to be a, be a potential starter. Otto Porter has had a rough go in Chicago, a lot of injuries, a lot of fluke injuries. I mean, do you want to see Patrick Williams as a starter, or would you rather see Otto Porter get the start, the start of the season? Fuck yeah, I want to see Patrick Williams start. I don't see why not, unless... I mean, this is a move that a up-and-coming team makes. They have the young up-and-coming guys start, get them that experience. If we were, I don't know, if we were more in a playoff picture and more of a, like, solid and set team, like, we're definitely going to be a 6, a 5 seed, then maybe... We'd see Billy Donovan be a little safe and start Otto Porter uh, at the beginning of the season. But I don't see why the fuck not. Why not start Patrick Williams? Get him that experience early. Because I think that Kobe White, how good he is now, I feel like that experience that he could have gotten last year with starting a little bit earlier would have been huge. I mean, Boylan was just a fucking idiot when it came to that. And why he didn't start Kobe White just absolutely still blows my mind. Uh, but I kind of want to go back to Lori for a second. Billy Donovan did talk about Lori in, uh, I think it was the post game conference after the third game against the thunder. Uh, he talked about how he's, he wants the offense to, especially during the preseason, he wants to give Lori those uncomfortable looks so that when it comes to the season, 
he can start developing these skills and really become the 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 tool guy that we thought he was going to be when we drafted him. I mean, th- this is the perfect time to do it in the preseason. And he has looked better. He has looked better. But I'm still looking for him to just a little bit more. I mean, he's right there. I just want to see a little bit more from him. I want to see him knocking down more shots and just looking more solid, I guess you could say. But I, I like the improvement that I've seen so far, but I still think that there's one more tier that he could go up. Yeah, and Rory had a really bad year last year. Stacey King talked about this. You know, in a bad year like last year, especially having the season cut cut uh, cut short and then not being able to play in the bubble, I mean, you don't, you never want to end a season just absolutely sucking, and that was a big blow to his confidence. And that's one thing I've noticed is he's a lot more confident basketball player in these three these three preseason games. And you know, he's right. We do want him to for we want to force him to take those uncomfortable shots. And I feel like he has. And my biggest thing is Laurie was always the guy who was kind of settling for those mid-range jumpers in the past couple years. And I've seen him drive the net a lot more this season. Especially oh, with he's pick been and, pick great driving the net. He's, that's definitely something he's worked on a lot this season. He's added weight, so he's more of a force. You can't stop a, that big of a guy. It's hard, not easy to stop. So him driving the net has definitely been awesome to see. Back to Kobe White last year. Kobe White did not – he started one game. That was the last game before the COVID hit and the season struck. Or the season was cut short. I believe 100% Patch Williams should be a starter because what do you have to lose? Exactly. Otto Porter has, has had seasons to prove what he's worth for Chicago. Billy Donovan has definitely been aware of what he's done. Yes, he's been hurt. I get that. Star Patch Williams, let him get in this rotation. I think Kobe White would have been a huge asset to have starting over Chris Dunn last year. Like I said, boy, one was a moron. Um, you know, though like I said, we're not going to be a good team for a couple years. We need some more pieces. We need some depth on our bench. But if this is the perfect time to let these guys grow. Let it, like, go. Let them go out there and get their asses kicked. It's a wake-up call. It's you warn from that shit, you know. And I think Patch Williams is going to have a great, great season. He looks solid defensively. He's very lanky. He's a very long guy. And, you know, even if he does get beat across his face, he's able to make up with his, with his wingspan. I saw a couple times where he did get beat across his face in, in this Thunder game, but he was able to recover and, and either contest the shot heavily or even block the shot on the way up. So I think the Bulls are very promising. I'm stoked to see them play this week. Uh, we got one more preseason game tonight. They were recording this, and then we're playing Atlanta. Atlanta, I believe it's at Atlanta on the the 23rd. It's actually in Chicago. I checked that. So 23rd in Chicago against a very dynamic and a very deep and young Atlanta Hawks team. So it'll be fun to see. It's good. It's a good test start off the season. But two more things in the NBA before we wrap things up. The Rockets. They added John Wall. They had Boogie Cousins, which I completely forgot about until I saw him take the core in game yes, one. I, yes, I totally forgot too. That being said, they're college teammates. They won a championship together in Kentucky. However, do you think that'd be a pretty – I think they're a better team right now after losing Russell Westbrook and adding Boogie and James – or John John Wall. That being said, James Harden still doesn't want to play for I, the Rockets. I don't get it. I, I – I, I, I don't know. J- James Harden's a funny dude right now. I mean, and I was watching, oh, who was it? I think it was Shannon. What's uh, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp show on ESPN? Uh, uh, anyways, I it was. I was watching their show, and uh, Shannon was just absolutely tearing James Harden apart, uh, talking about how 
He looked lazy in the preseason. He I, again, he did. He did say this. It, it was the preseason, so you can't put too much into it. But for how good of a player he is, he just looked lazy. And I know you you you, put, you saw the Twitter picture, right, of James yeah. Harden. Yeah. Uh the picture that they were comparing it to was taken two days beforehand. So it's not like it, it's just the angle. He he really yeah, hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't gained weight or anything. He he has fluctuated weight throughout his career, but I mean, when you're as good as James Harden, he gets the pass. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. He he he's an interesting dude, and I don't know what to think about with him and wanting to be gone from the Rockets, because the Rockets are still a solid team. It's not like like you said they got John Wall and Boogie Cousins. I like they're better than what they were last year. Yet he wants out. Right. I don't know. Well, we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, and but at least he's being kind of a good sport about it. He did play in the last preseason game. Looks like he will be playing in the regular season to try to find a new place. And that's that's something you have to do because you need to raise your stock. I mean, you need to be a good. I mean, they. I'm sure the Rockets. They probably don't want to get rid of him. But if they do, if they feel like they have to, they want him to play and be able to rise his, his, his trade stock. Um, so we'll have to see. I don't know. I mean, he, he he's a dynamic player. But, I mean, I, they look very good. Boogie Cousins is, you know, comebacks. Boogie Cousins and John Moore both coming off two horrific injuries. They've basically been off the, off the court for two years. And they look like they haven't missed a beat. I mean, Boogie has developed a three-point shot. So not only is he a big-ass dude in the paint, mm-hmm. He can pick and pop from the three-point line and bang it home. They're becoming a very good team. I truly think if James was a good sport about it, them three, they'd, they'd be a very good trio. Not a good enough trio to beat the, the Lakers, but a good enough trio to make a serious run in the, in the Western Conference, probably falling to their demise against the Lakers like they did last year. But to wrap up the Bulls segment, something I absolutely love, Jason Minetti calling a game alongside Stacey King. So, Neil Funk, he's retired now. Stacy Neal is a childhood moment that I'm never going to forget. Hearing Neil and Stacy call those big-time Bulls games with Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler, and Joakim, absolutely loved it. And I don't know the name of the new guy that's working with Stacy. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but he, he does look pretty solid. He yeah. sounds pretty good. But, dude, Jason Eddy's calling games for the MLB. He's calling games for college football. He's calling it's games for college me, basketball. Pat. I'm not going to lie. I want to talk about this last week in last week's podcast, and it kind of went over my head when we were talking about Len Casper. And I think Dave said it in, in Redline Radio that the reason why we signed Len Casper is because Jason Maddie is going to get a fat contract and go call real big time games on a it's professional ga- stage. I, I, it's, it's basically guaranteed at this point because I, I could a hundred percent see him doing the Sunday night baseball games yep. or the playoffs. I mean, he, he already did some of that this past year. We saw him. T- doing some of the playoff games. I mean, he's just going to get money that he can't refuse because the White Sox, listen, the White Sox are not going to be able to outbeat fucking ESPN for a broadcaster. It's just not going to happen. I will say this, that with Len Casper, I'm okay with it. I'm totally okay with that. I I don't want to go... When we went from Hawk to Benetti, there was this like eerie feeling on if Benetti is going to be our guy, and right. he turned into that guy. And I, what three years later, 
I don't want to do it again with Benetti and have some new guy come in and be like, fuck, are we going to get a good announcer or is it going to be shit? But Len Casper is the dude. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with it. We're going to see Len Casper doing games in the booth with Steve Stone this year because Benetti does have uh, certain games that he will miss. And also we will see Len Casper and Jason Benetti because in Steve Stone's contract, he has uh, a certain amount of games that he has off for whatever reason. Good for Steve. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jason is is an absolute legend, Where he's whether he's calling Iowa football games, whether he's working alongside Bill Walton calling some goofy-ass college basketball games. Well, dude, when they put when they called the Angels-White Sox game together, yeah. fucking loved it. It was, it, was la- it was funny as hell to listen to. And I saw it was – this was for game two for uh, preseason, so game two against the Rockets. And Jason Maddie's like, Nobody really – I think he kept it pretty secret, and then he tweeted, like, listen, guys, tune in. Me and Stacey be calling the game together. And it, it was a, it was an absolute blast. They, Jason's just a guy you cannot hate. He's an absolute legend at what he does. And regardless of whether he leaves Chicago to go pursue a bigger national stage, he's still going to have that love for Chicago. He's still going to be tweeting about the Sox. He's definitely going to be tweeting about the Bulls. You're going to hear him calling all these different games. So the Bulls, you know, Stacey King's a legend, and it's – Losing Benetti is going to suck, but I'll say this: this is no no shade to Benetti, but it's going to suck a lot worse when we when Pat Foley retires, when Stacey King retires, when Eddie Olchek retires, when those guys retire. I'm going to be feeling really old at that point. Yeah. But for the time being, Benetti calling any game, I just hearing Benetti's voice, man, it's it brings a smile to your face. You cannot hate this guy. No, you you can't. I mean, he's so knowledgeable too. I mean, yeah. the amount of sports that he calls, I think the only sport that he hasn't called is hockey out of the major ones. He's done yeah. basketball. He's done football. He's done baseball. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, fuck, let's get him on a Blackhawks game, see how that goes, see if he knows his way around hockey. Oh, I bet I bet he does. And who knows? I mean, like, there, there are games where, uh, you know, Pat Foley is calling alongside Steve Conroy because, you know, Eddie Olchek is with the Blackhawks, but he does have a deal with the NHL yes. where he's going to call those national time games. That being said, I think Eddie is going to find himself away from the Hawks a lot more now that Doc Emmerich has retired. Who knows? Maybe it opens up the door. Troy Murray, uh, Steve Conroy. Fuck it. They might say, hey, you know, the Hawks are a shitstorm. Yo, uh, what's their name? Hold on. Who's the new president of business ops? Jamie Faulkner. You want to win me over in your first day on the job? Get Benetti to call a game alongside uh, Pat Foley, and I'll I will shut up about Stan Bowman for the rest of my time <laughs> being alive. Seriously, yes. that's a huge move. That's a million dollar idea. You heard it here at Cloudgate Sports Podcast. Yes. Jamie Faulkner, get Jason Benetti to call a game alongside Pat Foley. Yes, uh, it's actually interesting that you brought up Eddie Olchek. I wonder if in the future we see that with Jason Benetti where he has a contract with the with ESPN or whatever it may be. But during those week games, he's calling the White Sox. And then on Sunday, he's at with the Sunday Night Baseball, and he'll just miss the Sox game, and we say Len Casper uh, step in. So just, just yeah. an idea. You never know. I don't think uh, – I mean, granted, I don't know how – if the MLB is more strict on stuff like that. The NHL really isn't strict on it because you hear Doc and Pierre and all those guys calling different games all over the place. That's a good point. It's definitely possible. And I, Jason, I feel like would probably swing that. And I'm sure the, the Sox organization, whoever's on the business side of the operation there, they're going to be like, listen, Jason, we 
they'll do anything to keep him calling Sox games. So if they're able to work a, a two-way contract, do it. Yeah. And you like you have a pipeline. You still got Darren Jackson, which everybody loves. You got Steve Stone. You got Len Casper. You got you got you, you got some wiggle room there. So I'm 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 all about. It. That's a good point to look at in the future. Yeah. Yes, definitely. All right, everybody. That does it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening so much. We greatly appreciate it. Make sure to check us out on Twitter where we will be having a new segment added to the show where we will be picking one of you, our listeners, to uh, send us a video, get your audio clipped into the episode. If you have a question, have a statement, we will talk about it. We will have a segment dedicated to your audio. So be sure to retweet our tweet that we will be sending out uh so it's it's a great thing that we want to do with our listeners and for those of you who have never done a podcast before and kind of want to inch your way in there this is a perfect opportunity uh tomorrow or later on today actually we will be adding a new episode where we'll be talking about the college football playoffs we'll be talking about college basketball It's going to be a great listen, a nice quick one. So make sure you listen to both of these episodes and have a good one. Peace out. Fifteen to the twenty, breaks free to the twenty-five to the.